Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Big Red Bus as we take the glorious monstrosity out onto the streets of Chicago on a beautiful Friday morning. I look to my right, and lo and behold, it's the great one, Doug Tonus. How you doing, I mean, I'm thrilled. I think the correct thing to do with this team was nothing because we're on the path to success. Made sense. We did nothing at the deadline. We didn't want to commit to the roster we believe in and trying to make it better. But we also, you know, felt we didn't want to sell anything off and be worse. So, you know, I feel, I feel confident. It's, it's a competitive team. It's headed in the right direction. We're competitive. And um, after the bad start, those games don't really count. We've played, we played, we played really well. You know, we've been very competitive. So I'm glad it showed last night where we barely beat the Grizzlies without John ja Morant. You know, we competed. Uh, so that was good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm as happy as all the Bulls Nation out there. Z-Red Doug. Z-Red. Lo and behold. Holy cow. So I, I can sense the sarcasm just dripping, soaking your clothes. Are you, are you surprised? Like, I wasn't no, surprised no. at all. I mean, like, what, no. do you, what assets do you have to trade other than Caruso, you know, Kobe White? Every asset that you have is integral for you to keep on winning. Like, you can't let any of these guys go. I would even argue, like, you can't even let Drummond go for a couple second rounders if you, if you still want to compete for nine. The Hawks are playing much better lately. It's like so like if that's your goal, like he stated, we want to compete, well then you gotta hold on to every asset you have and you don't have anything else. You've already traded away everything. Yeah, which again gets back to my point that these guys are really dumb. Like their goal is to compete for nine. Like I mean, like at the end at the end it's like your senior leadership is like setting strategy. So your strategy is to compete for nine. And I, and I agree, like if you want to compete for nine, this is probably what you should do. Uh, but like do you want to compete for nine? Like, if you ask any Bulls fan, do you want to aim for the play-in? Like, that's our goal. Uh, we've, you know, like, it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be your goal. You should be like, if we can't actually get better than this, like, there's not a path forward that is better than competing for the play-in, then what are we doing here? Like, you have to, you have to do something else. This is the one area where I do disagree a little bit with just the general consensus, and that's, like, Kobe White has become such a good player at such a young age and we've always, in general, outside of a very few voices, really put a ceiling on where he can go. He's 23, and he's playing at such a high level. And he can hurt you 35 feet out. He can hurt you at the rim. He really is almost has very few weaknesses to his offensive game now because he's, like, passing at a very high level. And as I, can, as I said before, he's just an excellent shooter. So it's like I think with Kobe White's emergence as a good, good player – I think we're kind of underselling the ceiling a little bit uh, on this team. Do you disagree? Yeah. We do not have a ceiling over, like, we, we do not have a ceiling to get out of the first round with this team as constructed. And I just don't care. Like, I don't care about losing in the first round. That is not a worthy goal. It just isn't. And I'm not saying you have to trade Kobe White or that Kobe White can't be part of what you're doing. I'm not saying you have to tank and try and get down to winning 12 games a year to, to get a lottery pick. I'm just saying, like, move the short-term assets that aren't going to help you in a year. Like, you don't even have enough salary room to bring back this same team next year, most likely, let alone add anything to it. So, you know, make some moves, get rid of your short-term assets, bring in stuff that you can help build around Kobe White, which probably doesn't have a tremendous future, but has a maybe better upside than we do now, and then go from there. Like... Like, just say, okay, whatever, we're not going to make the play-in this year. 
Or you might back into it anyway because no one else at like 11th or 12th is probably going to catch you. So, yeah, okay, you lose in the play-in. You're fair chance it's going to happen anyway. You're going to probably lose one more game. You'll lose the 9-10 game instead of maybe winning the 9-10 game and then losing the 7-8 game. Like, I just, I just don't care about any of that. It's like such a meaningless achievement that you're chasing. Like, start prepping to do something around Kobe White next year. Start prepping to actually have a foundation that we can build with Kobe White. Like, I don't believe Kobe White has a whole lot more upside than we've seen. I mean, he's been phenomenal. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I don't think he's got a lot of growth room left. Like, he doesn't have the athleticism or the physicality or the build or the body where it's likely there's going to be a whole lot more than what we've seen. You know, the path forward for him is just, like, absolutely absurd shooting. And that's just, like, it's unlikely it's going to get that much better. So, but, but whatever, like, still give Kobe White the best chance. Give Kobe White the best chance by getting him young players to, to go around him next year. Like, even though I don't think there's, like, a whole lot of ceiling there, fine. Try and build a 45-win team around Kobe White. Like, that's better than being a 38-win team we are now. And then you're young, and you have time, and you can add pieces. Like... But, like, what are we doing? We're just making that harder and harder and harder. Well, you, you kind of touched on what Kali was talking about in, in the questioning to AK yesterday. And that's that, well, how are you going to re-sign DeMar DeRozan and re-sign or sign an extension to Patrick Williams? It's really going to be a fine line. One of those two players is not going to be happy. Do you know, like, off the top of your head, what is the max that you could sign both those players what what kind of space do they have to do that without getting into the luxury tax or without getting into the second apron i've not is that I mean, possible can they even i mean that? let's ignore aprons <laughs> we're not going to go into the luxury tax i mean if i was ownership i i sure as shit wouldn't pay the luxury tax for this team that's aiming for ninth that's crazy it's crazy. Yeah, like I people complain about that all the time no this. one in the nba no one in the nba would do that that's not like, oh, Reinsdorf is super cheap. No one in the NBA is paying the luxury tax to be ninth. Like, you're the 18th best team in the league. No one is paying for that. It's just, it's just a ridiculous ask. Besides the Lakers. Yeah, but the Lakers are doing it because they felt they could win, right? Like, no one feels like the Bulls could win. No one feels like there's a chance, you know, that they could go into the playoffs and do some damage. Like, with LeBron and AD, you feel like that could happen, right? It's, I don't think it's going to, but you feel like it could, and you just saw it last year. No one thinks the Bulls could do that, right? Like, if you, if you thought the Bulls were just like, or like the Warriors, right? Like, well, whatever, we're having a lousy regular season, but we know these guys in the playoffs could be deadly if it, like, clicks. Like, that's just a totally, that's just a totally different thing, you know? But no one, in, no one in our boat would do that. No one. And, and anyway, so, okay, so the luxury tax, we agree, is probably the real cap. And so, basically, going into next year, if you just look at Pat and DeMar, the cap is going to be pretty similar to this year. I think they expected the luxury tax to be at $171 million, And I want to say it's like roughly $167 million now. So if you... I, I thought it was supposed to be $190 next the year. The luxury tax, no, That's it's like, it's I, like $171. They just, just announced it. $190 might be like one of the, the second apron level or something else like that. But the tax is... is, is okay. Like I don't know what $190 is. But they just announced it because they, they lowered it from... I think they were initially expecting like, I don't, I don't remember, like 175 or something, and now it's 171. Or, but they lowered it a little bit, um, just, just a shade. 
But so looking at that, it's like, all right, you have to sign Damar and Pat for $4 million more than they're making this year. So, you know, like, okay, what their salaries are this year, but it's, you have that plus $4 million. You know, so Pat on a rookie deal, you'd kind of expect that number to go up. I think he's probably around $10 million this year without having the numbers in front of me. And Damar is like maybe 28 and a half. So just maybe ballpark, you got like $43 million you can sign those guys for. For, for right now, DeMar DeRozan's making 28.6. Patrick Williams is making 9.8. Next year, the Bulls are under contract for $130 million. I mean, they're going to have some room, you're right, but that's without DeMar and, and Patrick's number. So they got hundred. No, they got about $40 million to sign those two players in. Yeah, so you uh, made me just pull up my cap sheet. But I didn't realize we were going to do it. So now I'm actually going to do real math. All right, never mind. We'll just <laughs> ignore this part. I'll, I'll edit it out. We both see the issue here. Like, if someone in gives Patrick Williams $20 million a year, I don't think he's worth that. I think he's earned about $15 million a year, a little bit more than Kobe White was paid last offseason. He'll probably be paid somewhere between 15 and 20 That's what I to say to you know some team out there, Detroit Pistons or whatever, feel like, hey, let's give Patrick Williams $25 million a year. Well, now you're in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. Um, and because... Because, you know, you made me, I went and I, I looked it up. And as far as I can see, with everyone on our roster, if we don't trade someone else to make up space and we just keep uh, 14 players and we sign the other guys to roughly the vet minimum uh, to fill out the roster, I see us as having about $36 million to... to signed DeMar and Pat combined. Now, there could be an easy out here, which is if they get a medical clearance of Lonzo Ball's contract and they just wipe it off the books altogether. So they would have to convince a, a team of doctors that Lonzo Ball can't play anymore and that he's medically retired. And Lonzo Ball does not need to be in on that conversation. And Lonzo Ball can still attempt to come back regardless of whether the Bulls get this or not. And then if he were to play in, I think it's 12 games, his number would come back onto the cap. If he plays in less than 12 games, it wouldn't. So if they do that, his $21 million would be freed up, and then they would have plenty of room. So that would be, that would be the option there. Like That's like maybe they're saving grace, but it's a really high-risk option too because if you go with that option and then Lonzo comes back, now all of a sudden you're deep into the tax, right? Like if you planned on it and then... You know, like Lonzo comes back in March and plays 12 games, you know, you're stuck. And if Lonzo's just ready to play and you just know that's not going to happen, like even if it's badly, if he's ready to play, you're, you're in trouble. So it would be like really high risk. I don't, if you look at the way the Bulls managed things in the past, like they gave Kobe White this deal with incentives and then they spent up to the tax assuming he would make the incentives, even though they all qualified as unlikely initially. They just assumed he was going to make them anyway. And they, they factored their costs into Kobe White making the incentives, incentives. So I have to think with Lonzo Ball, they're going to factor in that that money is going to be on the books. They could also waive and stretch him, and that would just free up the money. But then it's going to throw money on your books for the next two years afterwards, which, again, would just be like typical of our front office. Like, we're going to chase ninth, and we're going to make the future worse to do it. We're going to, we're going to kill our books in the next two years 
So we have a teeny bit more room to keep DeMar and Pat Williams so we can chase ninth this year. So it's, it's going to be a really tough situation. And that's just, just keeping this team together. That's not adding anything. It's not making this team better. It's just keeping this team together. So it, these guys are in over their head. They, they just do not know what they're doing. They just do not know what they're doing. So, well, you've outlined a lot of scenarios there, and I do feel like this Lonzo situation will probably rectify itself. It's got to. Like, he's not even running yet. Like, oh, my gosh, it's February. Come on. Like, there's got to be some way that that can be rectified going into the next year, and I do feel like they'll probably go in the Bulls' favor that this guy's just medically unable to play. It has to. He's missed two almost two full seasons. Well, I think they can win the argument that he can't play. But then they take on the risk that if he is able to come and back and play 12 games next year, at any point, all that money comes back on their books. Like the decision is not a permanently rendered decision. It's a permanently rendered decision as long as he can't come back and actually play. And so the Bulls have to decide, would they take the risk that like, yeah, he's really, really done and there's no way he's going to come back even in March of 2025 and play 12 games. And whatever, like, that's just a risk. They would have to decide whether they want to take or not. I mean, they could take it, assuming they even do the medical clearance and try it, whatever, which in some ways is even AK admitting that, like, hey, this Lonzo Ball thing didn't work out. We're cutting, we're cutting ties with him. He's not actually done that with any major piece, even Lonzo Ball missing two and a half years, because I was saying they should have applied for medical retirement this year. Yeah. And, and they didn't do Let it. Let me give you the salaries for next year. Zach Levine, $43 million. Lonzo Ball, 21 So Lonzo's second on committed contracts next year. Vucevic at 20 And then Kobe White at 12 Then we got Caruso at 9.8. Io at 7 and, and Kobe White's going to be Kobe White's going to be like 13 and a half because he's going he's gonna to make the incentives yeah. now. Oh, so good his point. His money's going to go point. Uh, Caruso at 9.8, Io at 7, Javon Carter, which has turned out to be a massive bust, 6.5, Dalen Terry at 3.5 million. Are you kidding me? Torrey Craig at 2.8, Terry Taylor at 2.1, and Julian Phillips at 1.8. So they have a ton of really good contracts. I won't say a ton, but Alex Caruso at 9.8, Kobe White at 12 or 13, Io at 7. Like all three of those guys are out playing their current committed salary. So that's what's keeping this all afloat. This would be a complete disaster if it wasn't for that. I don't know. I just kind of feel like you either have to pick one direction or the other. Like, I'm kind of okay with the direction they pick because I'm not really excited about undergoing a rebuild with these guys. I don't trust them at all in terms of identifying talent and drafting it. So it's like I'm fine with just keeping this team as is. Um, I do wish they would have probably tried to. They've sent away all their second rounders you know, for the next four years probably trying to take Drummond and at least get two second-rounders for him to kind of restock a little bit. In that can't way. afford to lose Drummond. You can't afford to lose him. You can't afford to lose Drummond if you want to keep this team. Like, so can I just point out what you just stated is the fallacy of false alternatives. You have built it out to like our two choices were we can just tear it down to shreds and be terrible or we can continue to try and chase ninth. Like, those aren't the two choices. What's the other option in some middle? The other option is you could have started doing this last year. would have been even better. Or this past summer, which I recommended last year and the summer, which is 
Get rid of your short-term assets to bring back long-term assets. Don't sign Nikola Vucevic to a three-year $20 million deal. Should have traded him last year at the deadline. Same with Zach Levine, could have traded him last deadline, could have traded him this offseason. Same with DeMar DeRozan. You could have taken those assets, which would be future-based, and then you could have had a lot of money freed up. Like, if you had done this other strategy I talked about, you'd have had, like, eight, nine first-round draft picks in addition to your own first-round draft picks and, like, $100 million in cap room. You could have rebuilt around Kobe White and everything else, and you wouldn't have to be like a 12-win team. Yeah, but Doug, that's you could have not, probably, not with a that cap team. room, rebuilt. It's not a playoff team. It's not a, We're not a playoff team not, now. No, we are. But you'd at least are. be in the same. We, we aren't. We aren't. We aren't. When was the last time we made the playoffs, Fred? We're going to make it this year? We're not a play-in team, a play-in team with the option you just suggested. Like, we're not. We are. Next year we are. Next year we are. How? You don't think you could use $100 million to supplement Kobe White, Io, Pat Williams, and whatever, whatever assets outside of the big three and Alex Crusoe, because you'd have to trade him to get assets too. If you traded the big three and Alex Crusoe last year, you would now have $100 million in cap room to add to the other guys who are left, the young guys who are left. You don't think with $100 million of free agents that you couldn't get back to ninth with Kobe White and Pat Williams and Iota Sumu as your starting group. I'm not excited about the unrestricted free agent class. Are you excited now? You More excited, excited now? than I would be You're about with that we have strategy. Now. I really am. I, I really feel like you would then you would at least have 25 year old guys. <laughs> like this strategy sucks. You know why it sucks? Because we're going to be ninth again this year. We're going to chase ninth and end up tenth next year, and then we're still not going to be any closer to actually ever being better than that. Like at some point. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're just excited about playing basketball, being ninth and 10th. If you are, God bless you. I think it fucking sucks. Fucking sucks, Fred. It's, it's, it's like the worst. I'd be okay being a 45-win team or a 40-win team, even a 39-win team. I'd be okay with that number of wins if there was room to add on to it and it was built around young players that I could see improving. The problem is we're that and we're out future assets still. We don't have our own pick in 2025, which is a good draft. We're out future assets, and we have a terrible cap situation, so we can't add anything. If we were like a playing team that was on the way up, that would be absolutely fine to step in the progress. But being a playing team that's on its way down for the third year in a row, and is going to be on its way down for the fourth year in a row next year, is a terrible situation to continue to be out future assets and short-term players on your roster. These are the options for unrestricted free agents this summer. The first one is uh, is Maxi. His agent's Rich Paul. He's going to resign with Philly. You're not going to let him walk. Sure, of course. Paul George has a player option. Absolutely. He's going to be with the Clippers again. He's not going to walk. Siakam, Toronto, potentially. Um, you know, but I, I think I think the Pacers are going to do whatever it takes to resign him. But even, I, I'm not a huge fan of Agreed. Him. LeBron with a player option. Okay. He's not leaving. You're a huge fan of uh, Vucevic, DeMar, and Zach? Big fans of those guys? Just want to clarify. How many of those guys do you think are better than Siakam? I'm more of a fan of DeRozan on a lower number than I am at uh, uh, Siakam at max dollars. I really am. Drew Holiday, player okay. option. Well, LeBron, player option. He's going to be back at the Lakers. Drew Holiday. Wouldn't want Drew Holiday. option. 
Like, same problem as DeRozan. Fine guy, but too old. Uh, Drew Holiday, so you say no. Uh, Tobias Harris, power forward Philly. Uh, yeah. No. Too old. Same problem. Mark Rosen. Put you in the Mark same boat. Rosen. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. Nope. Maybe. But probably Not too excited. expensive. James Harden. Clippers. He'll be back. <laughs> no. OG Ananobi. He's going to be resigned by the Knicks. All right, here's one I like. Nicholas Claxton. Nick Claxton. Like him. And maybe go after him. Like him more than yeah, Vooch. I definitely do agree with you on that one. D'Angelo Russell. Will cost less than Vooch, probably. D'Angelo Russell. Malik Monk. On the right number, he'd be fine. Uh, no, I don't want any power to him. Malik Monk. Again, it's comparison. Comparison, comparing what we have, he'd be fine on the right number. I, I don't no. know that he'll get the right number. D'Angelo Russell would not is surprise not me if you could Kobe get D'Angelo White. Russell for like $5 million. He's not a fit with Kobe White. That's probably yeah, fair. So that's... Neither is anyone else on our roster. Malik Monk. No. Well, I mean, he's pretty good. Would like Malik Monk. I do like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, but um, he's getting up there in age. Uh, Miles Bridges. Well, that's a whole different story. Clay Thompson. Go. If you don't care about the weird, I mean, I shouldn't say weird. If you don't want to care about the terrible things that Bridges has done, it's like a great opportunity for a value. Contract. I agree, but uh, I do care about the things he's done, so I want no part of him. Clay Thompson at Golden State. Fair enough. Um, obviously, uh, no. so, again, but these are good players, but were they real, realistically going to be coming to the Bulls, and are we going to be better with them? I don't believe so. Buddy Heald. Uh, well, we're again, yeah, I'd like Buddy Heald. I think he'll also come a lot cheaper than what he should. Bruce Brown. I think he's got a player option too, doesn't he? I yeah. Uh, Valanciunas. Can I, can I interject one yeah. second? Because I don't actually care about this list you're naming at yeah. all. If you have $100 million in cap space, you don't need to sign a free agent. Like, most of the good players change teams through trades. So if I just described to you a scenario where you have eight extra first-round draft picks and $100 million, you can trade two first-round draft picks, taking a guy into that cap space that you have that's on someone else's roster. Like, it, it's not just in terms of, like, I can only get free agents. Like, you have a lot of flexibility to do a lot of things. Totally true here. But if, you're, if, your, opinion, if your opinion is just like, oh, this is just the best thing we could do, then I don't know what to say. I might just need to drop off this podcast and never speak to you again. Like, if you really think this is the best thing we can do, I don't even know what to tell you. I'm not like, arguing not. it was the best These thing. guys are so incompetent. They are so incompetent, Fred. I'm, Doug, Doug, I'm not so arguing. Pissed. I'm so pissed. I'm not arguing this was the best thing they could do. I'm saying. You no, are. No, no, no. I'm saying. You just said this is the best thing no, you Doug, can do. Look. This is the best thing no. they can do. They could trace. They can chase nine. If they don't do this, they just can't get Doug, back they've to already it. screwed just it up. just got to keep My doing this. Makes they've sense. already screwed it up. I agree with you that all these moves should have been made at the last trade deadline. Sunk cost theory. Who cares? Yes, they screwed it up. So let's not continue to screw it up. Let's start ripping the Band-Aid off and doing something smart and making some attempt to make it better. We're doing nothing at all, absolutely fucking zero to make it better, and it pisses me off. Again. Sorry, I'm fired up. Again, if you want to compete for the play-in, you can't move any of these guys. And I don't. That's the difference. I don't know how I could be more clear than that. Who gives a shit about the play-in? No one cares. I do. And here's why. No one cares if you're going down. If you're going down, if you're going down, no one cares. If you're going up, that is great. If we were a 30-win team and then the next year we made the play-in with young players, that would be absolutely fantastic. When we are getting worse every year 
and you can't even keep the worst team together because you've screwed up the salary so bad, it is time to change. You can't do nothing for three straight years while you get worse and say, it's okay because we're chasing the play-in. I'm not arguing you can't. that, Doug. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have done anything. I agree with you. You are. No, I'm saying, you are I'm arguing saying, it. Looking at the scenario, yes, you've already screwed up in the past. Like You've already screwed this up. You've already signed Vucevic. If I was dropped into that situation, like, oh, my God, look at what we have here. I think I would go in this direction, and the reason is because I believe in Kobe White. I want him to get as much great play in a situation that matters, whether it's a two play-in games or a series that you're going to leave in the first round, and then deal with these trades in the offseason, which I still think will be there. It'll be more difficult. But it's not like, what's the difference? Do you really believe, like, Vucevic, you're going to get more for him at the trade deadline this year than you would in the offseason when he's got one less year on his stupid contract? Like, I don't think there's going to be that drastic of a difference in those two players. Again, I don't know what the difference is. One, just getting rid of Vooch would make your roster better. It would just be better if he wasn't here. Flat out, would just be better. Least efficient player in the fucking NBA. It's just an absolute shit show. It is so mind-boggling how many people want to argue this. But, like, statistically, he's the worst center in the league. And that's in the stuff you can in measure. Terms of so in the stuff you can't yeah, measure well, play. like... In terms of offense, yeah, you can't measure the defense really well. You think he's making up for it with his great defensive no. play? But don't put me into no. It's even worse. It's even uh, worse. It's even worse when again. you add in the defense yeah, Doug, play. He's not, he's not. Do you really believe? Be honest with me. Do you really believe he's the worst center in the NBA? Because I don't. I'm not even a fan of the guy. I believe he's the worst. I believe he is the worst center playing over 20 minutes a night in the NBA. That, that's yes. probably. I wouldn't necessarily argue with that, but I do feel like. Hey, he does do some things well. Look, fine, I'm yeah. Fine. Like, there's someone like, yeah, he's probably better than Terry Taylor, whoever yeah, exactly. our third string center right. is. If you take him off the but team, so you're what? Worse. Like, you could get rid of him. You could get rid of him, and you could replace. We'd be better just because we wouldn't be playing him. We, he, we, Andre Drummond is better than Vooch. I would agree with that, and I think he should be playing more. And if we just but picked Andre up Drummond a like forty-eight, minutes. you picked up someone else. No, but he could go thirty. You know, keeping Vooch. Th- th- that's probably your best option. Trading him for two second rounders. Or one second rounder. Well, I, who knows? Maybe Look, you're wrong on this. I'm just going to tell you if you're if you're a whole if your whole theory is keeping everything the same was your best option. I don't know how more strongly I okay, can disagree okay, with fair you. Enough, fair enough. Let's just go on to this next point because I do feel like um, I where I felt like the Bulls could have made noise and where I would be on on board with here. Let's clear as much cap space as possible. The Milwaukee Bucks tried to acquire a Coro and they were rebuffed trade deadline according to Zach Lowe. That's a guy. Finding a restricted free agent and overpaying for him on a team that can't afford it. Like, the Cavs have too many good players, and they're all going to be need to be paid, and they're not going to be able to keep all of them because they're not the Lakers. They're not a team with unlimited resources. He's going to be an unrestricted. They might. I, I'd be shocked if a Coral's on a team next year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll trade Garland. Maybe they'll trade I, someone yeah, else. If, you, if they like him, if they didn't, if they are not willing to pay him and they didn't trade him, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I think they're doing their best. Like, and they, and like, you might be bad. right. You might be right. I think they're doing his, their best to minimize. Yeah, that could because be. they have a ton of guys. You know, when he was starting, they went, you know, 14 and, and 2 or whatever. And they're playing incredibly he, well. He's pretty unique for them. He's pretty unique for them, right? Like, because their they're other wing guys are like. Terrible defenders. Really offensively oriented yes. and not good defenders. And so, like, Okoro fills a niche. 
at the same time, like that niche is generally a lot cheaper. That's true. But you should the offensive like niche. But, you know, in a way, three now where it's it's high enough that you're like, like I kind of view Gakoro as oh, like okay, a poor yeah. man's Caruso. That's what he's become, and there's a lot of value in yeah, that. Yeah, the Cavs have won eight in a row, the quietest eight in a row winning streak in the league. They're second in seed in the East, but I don't know. Like I, I don't feel like that's that's the move that they should have looked at is like getting these young restricted free agents. Yes, teams that can't afford to pay him and overpaying for them, and bringing in a player like him would have been a great move. That's out the window now. Just bringing in anyone younger, like look, you just younger can't, and more athletic. You can't run. You can't run the same team back four years in a row and just. But we're going to. We're going to run the same team back four years in a row, Fred. The same team. We're just going to watch it get worse. We're going to watch it slowly degrade in front of our eyes. But see, the thing that saved them is that Kobe White has been. Is, is developed into such a good player. They got no more Garpax guys left. Yeah, to blame. They got no more Garpax guys left to bail them exactly. out. Exactly. Like we got it. one more. We got, got Zach no Levine. <laughs> Let's get into that because I don't think I don't, I don't think we talked about this before. You know, since the announcement came. Sure. Let me just say the whole situation sucks. Your thoughts on that and his injury and what it does for the Bulls? Um, I think maybe it bailed them out a teeny bit. How? In that if they were just going to, it's hard to say. Like, I, I feel like Zach's value, you know, he was so much worse this last year than the previous three years. So much worse. And so his value was at its absolute low. Like, everyone thinks like, oh, it was so dumb to sign Zach to this max contract. And now he, we can't trade him because of his contract. It's not his contract. It's the fact that he's playing terrible and he's hurt. Like, like if he was playing the way he was playing the year before, you know, and which is the first year of his deal, like while he was on that big deal, it wasn't while he was playing for a deal, it was after he signed it, we would have trivially traded him for value. Agreed, yeah. And so, you know, his value could still go down from here, right? Like if this injury never heals, you know, it's like a big hampering thing. Maybe it'll be his value will even well, it's continue. It's absolutely going to go down, Doug. He's got a you know, surgery but, now. It's on the record. No, no. Well, in the off season, in the off season, it'll go down. But if he's all healed up, and he should be, I think, like his estimated time to begin basketball stuff is like June. If it's all healed up in June, he's still able to do his whole off season stuff, work out strong, get back into game shape, whatever. It's not like he's going to be like, okay, I can now start working out in September, and then be out of shape for the first three months of the season. Like theoretically. If he's able to come back next year and then get back to the level of play he was at the year before, then his value will actually be much higher next trade deadline than it was this deadline. Plus, you have one less year on the contract. So if the contract is really debilitating, you know, now you've got one less year on it. So the, the risk for the Bulls with this is like if he just never comes back, like if he just sucks now then this was terrible for them because they, they won't even be able to get out of the contract, whereas they probably could have got out of the contract if he didn't have the surgery. But if he's able to actually come back and play well again, and at his age, there's not like a super scary reason why you should think that can't happen. If he's able to come back and play at the level he had played at for three full years, like not a small period of time, three full years, if he's able to play at that level again, you're going to be able to trade him for more next deadline than you could this deadline. And so, you know, it may work out okay for the Bulls or it may not. It's like it's up in the air. Um, may have saved them from themselves. 
you know, all things being equal, I would probably just, if I could just snap my fingers, I'd probably just move Zach for an expiring, free up the space and let someone else take that chance. But there's, there's some chances could still work out better for us than. I hope so. I mean, at this point though, I wonder what they're, they're going to do. Like, I think, I think you just have to go back into next season with them on the team. You have to. Yeah, there's no way. There's no other choice. You, the next time you can trade Zach is only if he plays well the next trade deadline. That's it. Like, if, if Zach comes back and it's like he's never the same, you're, you're just Yeah, or if him. he starts out next year you know, just you're, killing it and there's a team that goes starts yeah, that's out what before, I mean. that's yeah, it. before the trade deadline. Like, in, you know. He December. has to. Yeah, that's what I mean. Before trade. He, ha- he has to play well. Like, the. Only way you'll get him off the roster now is if he plays well at some point. That's I do it. think it's There's possible no other... that the Bulls would look to just move him. You know, all the medicals come out, and they, and they find somebody to, to trade another albatross to us. I don't think anyone is taking – I don't think anyone – well, I wouldn't want to do a crap for crap trade on Zach because there's a f- fair chance that Zach is going to turn it around. If there was like a Ben Simmons like out there – you know, I can't think of any contracts off the top. Yeah, of like that's a good example. Would you trade? I don't. I think Ben Simmons. I, I don't have his contract memorized. I think he makes has one year less on his deal than Zach. Like, would you swap Ben Simmons for Zach? Like, I probably wouldn't. I would take. I'd rather just have Zach. I mean, the, you'd get out one year earlier if it's a disaster. So you'd have that going for you. But like, I'd, I have more confidence that Zach will come back and play well than Ben Simmons will ever play well again. But, but that's kind of like what you'd be looking at. Like that's like a realistic deal for Zach. Is like, all right, there's a massive risk with this guy. He's probably not going to be any good, but it's one year shorter. Like, do you are you so scared of Zach? You know, well, Ben Simmons is signed for one more year after this year for forty million dollars. Actually, that's probably one I could see the Bulls. Oh, so it's two years shorter. Yeah, that's actually yeah, one. If it's more two years I, shorter, you could. Yeah, you could I mean, I could actually see the Bulls potentially doing that in the offseason, but. Regardless, I would. I wouldn't. I don't do think it. that would be on the table. I wouldn't though. do it. I'd rather just keep Zach yeah, trying to rehabilitate his, his. Uh, you know, it, this isn't an injury. I don't think that's going to. Well, hopefully, who knows? But not really affect him. In the long term, we never. You never know with feet injuries, but foot injuries. But I did want to go talk about one thing, though, Doug, which I don't think people talk enough about. You know, Daniel Gafford got traded to the Mavs, and when you go back at that trade. When Acme traded Gafford, they, they got Troy Brown, who sucks. Daniel Theis, who walked as a free agent. He was a good player, but he walked immediately shortly after. And Javante Green. Did nothing afterwards yeah. either. And Javante like, Green, who's out of the league. So he, he walked, but you wouldn't have wanted to keep him. Right. And then Javante Green, who's out of the league. Now, Gafford was the best player in that trade. It, this is rarely discussed, but that was another massive screw-up. Have you seen his stats this year? He's averaging like just under 11 points, 8.8 rebounds per game. He's seventh in the league in blocks, and he's got like a 70 true shooting percentage, which is number one in the NBA. Obviously, most of those are dunks. Would you rather not have Daniel Gafford at 12 million a year than Vooch at 20? I would. Like, how bad was that trade that no one talks about? I would only say, like, well, one, yes, I'd rather have Daniel Gafford at the same contract as Vooch than Vooch. I'd rather just have Daniel Gafford than Vooch, like, straight up. Um, and that was also like, yeah, it ended up being a pretty bad trade at the same time, whatever, Daniel Gafford's a role player. Yeah, exactly. I I don't care that we missed Gafford, like whatever we shipped out a role player and he had some attitude issues and whatever. Like, 
I, I don't think Daniel Gafford is like some winning player that we'd be like, oh, this is fantastic. Now that we have Gafford, things would be better. Uh, like I said, I'd, I'd maybe take him over Vooch, especially on, on the deal. Fine, but like, I don't look at Gafford and go like, "Wow, what a great, what a great player, what a great contract," or anything like that. Like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, it, there's nothing wrong with Gafford. There's nothing great about Gafford. The three alphas, who's probably the most hated team in in the last twenty years for the Chicago Bulls. I never really understood why, but the three alphas won more playoff games in three days than Acme's won in three plus years. Just think about that for a second. You know, I mean, my goodness. That's just a dumb comparison. It's not a dumb comparison. It's brilliant. <laughs> it is no, a dumb it, comparison. It, just say they won. Just say they won more playoff games in one year than Acme won in three years. To, like to say, like three days thing. Is they just won dumb. two playoffs. Like, like whatever. The they were in one playoff on the road. They were in one playoff series. They were in one playoff series. Yeah, because they had one year together. Like they were in one playoff series, and they in, in one year they won. You know, they won two playoff games. Like, this is really the comparison. In, in one season, you know, whatever they had, they won two games, and Acme won one game in three seasons. Like trying to make it like three days, as if like, oh, you get to play the playoffs three hundred sixty-five days, like <laughs> or whatever. Like it's just they won two. Like they weren't successful. Like Doug, they were the more successful than any like, team it, that we've had under Acme. That's not debatable. Yeah, sure, it's not debatable. Like they're in the same tier. They're in the same tier. I mean, they won less games, regular season games, than Acme's, yes, they had, they had whatever Alonzo Ball right. season. Exactly. You could you could argue that that team was more successful. Like that team, if that team, I would say was more successful than the three alphas that one year when Alonzo was there. You mean a team that won? But one whatever, it doesn't matter. Like that team, that team sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they had a better regular season though, and like the one extra playoff win and still a series loss doesn't make me feel like that team was a better team. I do. But they're like similar tiered. They're similar tiered teams. Okay, fair enough. But I, my, my general point is there was just like two or three years of just from large swaths of the fan base like, oh, thank God we got rid of those guys. Now we actually got a professional group in here. These guys suck. Like yeah, they're well, not better you than wanna, you want They're not even in the same realm as no. Packs. And I don't know how that's debatable. You, you want – and you want to keep going with their philosophy. We just argued about it for 30 I, minutes. So you told I, I me they just made the right no, moves this deadline. So, again, you're mis- like I don't know you're what you're saying. what my point was. You love it. You want to chase the play-in. That was your argument. I want to chase the play-in. I think it's important for Kobe White. That's what you said. Yes, I'd rather have the Bulls chase the play-in this year than blow up everything, trade Caruso, trade Drummond, trade for what? All right, well, for just what? don't play. Late first-round picks that they're going to don't F-off? Don't play both sides of the fence. Don't play, side, play both sides of the fence. I'm playing one side. I'm saying like I'm fine that they didn't make it. No, moves. you're not. You're you're happy. You're happy with what I'm they did. I'm not happy. You're happy I'm with what they did. You're happy. You're happy with this team that's worse than the three alphas. You want to keep it the same and roll it forward another year. <laughs> that's that's what you said. I would have liked uh, Caruso for uh, for a coral. How do you like that deal? That would have been a good deal. Younger and more athletic. Maybe not. I'd take that deal if it was on the table. Maybe not more athletic, but I think it would have been you know just trying to get. Reset the, uh, forget it. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Reset the timeline. I don't take that deal. Everything on this whole situation is so sad, but I, I do also understand. Like, hey, again, finally, if that your if that's your goal, you couldn't afford to trade any of these guys. You had no assets left besides your number one pick this year. If you're too scared, if you're too scared to like make a move, you shouldn't be in this job. If you're too scared to give up, I don't up think that's our question. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be in this job. I don't think. I don't it think they're too scared. They're not about traded. Fred, they have not traded a single major person that they've brought in in four years. 
Not oh, one. agreed. Well, I, I'm not debating that. I, so they're too they're scared. They're, they're the fine, and they're delusionally the confident in their own people. Like either way, I just whatever. I Doug, I'm far more upset. I could not be any more done with these guys. My, my general point is, I'm far more upset that they re-signed Vucevic. I'm far more upset that they didn't trade Zach and the trade that on last year. I'm far more upset that they didn't. Uh, the only reason Kobe White's on his team is because he's good friends with Patrick Williams. I'm far more upset they drafted Patrick Williams. I'm far more upset that they over they traded Laurie Markkinen for garbage. That's what I'm upset about. At this trade deadline, sure, I'm not all those things are true. As I am about the rest of these moves. What you know? What I'm upset about at this trade deadline was hearing them come out and give you the same. Did you? It was watch appalling. The press I did. It was, and, and I agree. Let's finish off on this point. I made I made a tweet that like a like a Arturis Karnaschovas parody account, and the actual Arturis Karnaschovas would say the same thing. Like. It is offensive listening to these guys. Now, I've been on this bandwagon longer than anyone. And I've said there's no reason to think these guys are smart. They seem stupid. Everything they say is stupid. Every time you hear them talk, they say dumb things. And people make up excuses like, well, it's just PR. Like, no one says really dumb things for PR and thinks people are going to buy it. Like, you're just dumb. They're just dumb. They're just dumb. What bothered me the most about that press conference was the end of the press conference when he throws out he, he was being kind of sarcastic where they were really pushing him on what direction is this you know we want to compete and then he finished like uh well you know when I took over we hadn't won we hadn't been in the playoffs for five years number one that's not even a freaking true statement he took over in April of 2020 the Bulls were in the playoffs of April 2017 is he like acting like I guess he's counting like when I took over, I just had to sit sit and watch and do nothing for a year until the following year. It's like, dude, that's the most. He, it was like a shot at the previous front office. The best player on this front on this team is Kobe White. Guess who drafted that guy? And like, it's it was such a such a crap statement. Like, kind of like, and they you know they tried to get rid of yes. him. Yes, like they put him in yes. position to fail. Like they did not like him. They wanted to. Can I just tell you, like I. If Garpax were here, our team would be some variation of Kobe White, Lowry Markkinen, and Tyrese Halliburton. I've said it before. We know they would have taken the Iowa State guy. They would have taken Halliburton. You would have three young all-stars on this team. Like, and whatever else they would have done. And like $100 million to do other stuff. That's what you would have had. We have this instead. We have this instead. That's how bad, that's how bad we are. You brought up the 14-9 and record at the end. I'm- it's just like after the trade deadline, every statement he made was, I just, I just couldn't believe it. But that that last one really rubbed me wrong, because I felt like, yeah, we were going through a rebuild when you took over, and you traded every asset built in that rebuild, with the exception of Kobe White, and you wanted to trade him. You're an embarrassment to, to like throw that out there. I mean, like, oh, such a pass in the buck. Do you think we'll ever come back around and say, you know what? Guard packs were actually really good. Even in that rebuild, when they had these like three number sevens, two of them ended up being all-star caliber players. No, nobody will say will state that because they, they don't want to make yeah, the order wrong. They should. They should. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like even if you just ignore the Tyrese Halliburton thing as a red herring, even if you just said Lowry Markinen and Kobe White as your as your core, and then and then though and beyond that they would have had like three other lotto picks to go with them and like uh, like i don't know 
$130 million worth of room to spend on other stuff would be a pretty, yeah, pretty, freaking pretty awesome. good place to start. Yeah, exactly. It? Look, who, <laughs> who in the world could possibly say, you know what, right now a core of Kobe and Markkinen would not be better than any iteration of this team? Like, I think you could make the argument if they didn't make one move, we'd be in a better spot. Oh, for sure. For sure. If they just rolled, like I've used the phrase before, if you had hired a rock to replace Garpax and the rock was only allowed to draft based on ESPN's like top draft pick ranking and then extend guys that were already on the roster to market value deals, they would be in a much, much better place than they are now. Nobody will admit that, you know, and I agree too. Garpax should have been fired because of Boylan. Boylan was a disastrous hire. Yeah, that was really a critical, and critical it time. It was time, flaw. but just the, the it was time. Yeah, they were here. They were here a long time, but they were yeah. good. They're actually really, really good. And you know, people don't recognize good a lot of times with GMs because they only think about the end result, but they don't think about the constraints. They don't think about the context, the situation. Like basketball teams being built is so much luck. It's so much. Did you luck into a, like a great player? And you know, like if you just had to think like, well, how do you luck into a great player? You'd be really good in the draft. And man, do those guys have a fucking amazing draft they did, record. They did. No doubt. Like it is unbelievable. Now that, now that you've yeah. seen Kobe White and Lowry both hit, it is unreal how good they are in the draft. And people don't realize it, but like I actually analyzed it and studied like all the different teams in the league. It is insane how good they were above everyone else. It's it's like crazy, and even Portis, like a player so, like Bobby, Portis, whatever, he's still in the league. Yeah, like Portis was like above average. Like it's like people got so hung up on the McDermott pick, which was just a tragedy, and then um, Denzel Valentine. God, what's his name? Marquise Teague. Marquise Teague. Marquise Teague, which was a joke. And yeah. Denzel Denzel Valentine a little bit, but it's like Valentine's draft was just such hot garbage. Teague was like thirty, but like. If you look around at like how often other guys hit, like like Lowry Markkinen, maybe the second best player in the draft that was available, with the first being Donovan Mitchell, five picks away. Like Kobe White now looks like one of the best players available where he was picked. If you go and like look at teams like how often they take the absolute best guy, like the Bulls have done it like a really pretty insane number of times. And it's like really rare. Like with 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 Garpax. You know, most, most GMs are drafting like Acme. They're just like, I fell in love with Dalen Terry for no reason whatsoever, and now we picked a guy, and the next five guys are better than him. Like, they have picks like that all the time. You know, like, so. Yeah. DT, um, I got to bring this bus in. I'm sad, Fred. I'm sad. Not a lot to celebrate. Bring it in. I'm sorry. Bring it in. I yelled at you a lot today. I feel bad. I, I, owe, you a, I owe you a drink. I owe you some dinner. I owe the fans something better. It's all good. <laughs> It's all good. Hey, apologize. No, no, no. Apologize. The fact is they're on a two-game winning streak. I am excited about the play, and we'll have a lot to talk about as we go forward. This discussion's over. From this point forward, we're just going to focus on the team and the greatness of Kobe White. Focus on the games. Do the best we can. You know, like, enjoy the wins that we get. You know, I root for them in the play-in. You know, like, whatever. It's got to take, take what good we can find. All right, buddy. I got to go. Let's pull this in. All right. And until next time, go Bulls. Go Bulls.